All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on DailyFaceOff.com. Delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to episode 150 of the DFO Rundown, brought to you by Montana's, where all-you-can-eat rib fest is on now until September 12th. Also, try their limited-time Big Grill Trio. Four bones of their in-house smoked pork back ribs, a fire grill chicken breast, both sauce to your liking, and two grilled shrimp skewers brushed with a garlicky Cajun glaze. Find out more with the hashtag GetMontanasMessy. How are you? I'm Jason Greger, as uh, Frank Saravalli has returned from uh, Italy. Frank, are you speaking Italian? Uh, si, si, uh, poco, poco. Um, what an unbelievable trip. What a country, what a place. So awesome to get back to the motherland. Uh, first time going there and got to see a lot of the country, got to bring my kids along. And now I'm uh, longing to go back because they don't call it Italy for nothing because I definitely ate my way through it. And drank wine. Wine's cheaper than water there. I'm telling you, we spent, and my kids were awesome that day. They're six and eight years old. We went to um, a wine tasting in a castle in Montalcino, which is the home of Brunello. And we sat for a three-hour wine tasting. We had, I don't know, somewhere between 10 and 12 different Brunellos, all the best of the best. And it was unbelievable. And definitely did a little damage in the in the old wine store on the way out. Uh, free shipping back to the U.S., which is kind of unbelievable. And uh, man, that was definitely a highlight for sure. 
So I was going to ask you, what was there, like, what's your top three things that you'd recommend for people going to Italy? Uh, I would say definitely take some time to spend in, in rural Tuscany. Uh, we did a cooking class uh, with our kids. They loved it. We made some pasta, uh, handmade, homemade. It was unbelievable. Ate it for dinner outside on a, you know, a porch. They call it um, agriturismo. Uh, that's the the word for it. There's a bunch of different places you can stop and, and do stuff like that. Um, and so that was definitely really fun to do. The kids loved it. We loved it. I've never taken a cooking class before, um, to, to see how they do it. The ingredients they use, like their food is so different. I don't, we've talked about it briefly on the show before, but I have a gluten allergy and actually over there, my body doesn't react nearly as harshly because their ingredients are a lot different. Uh, a lot more simple. They use way more refined uh, flour, um, more quality ingredients. And I found it took a, a way uh, less toll on my body. In fact, I really had no issues at all. Are, are you saying that, that that our grocery stores in North America aren't uh, giving us the best quality? There's a shocker for the day. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say a, it's, it's that a whole, whole segment on uh, oh. our food issues in, uh, in North America and what needs so to be overprocessed. Food. Oh, it's awful. And it's, uh, it's not good. It's a, it's a whole cyclical thing. And, um, uh, you know, we, we don't have time to get into it here. To, it's but the food's show. cheaper there too. That's the amazing part. Like you yeah. go there and you can get an unbelievable plate of handmade homemade pasta for $10 and the dollar, the Euro at least is, is roughly equivalent par to the U S dollar right now. So it was a great time to go, uh, if you're an American and just to, for 10 bucks, like pizzas were eight, like you could get a margarita pizza for seven or eight bucks. Like it was unbelievable. And to have way better quality food. I, one thing that, that was funny that threw me off was that they eat dinner so late there. Yes. Like it's, 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 the restaurants don't even open for dinner until seven or seven thirty, and so you're eating like a normal reservation is nine or nine thirty at night, and like here, like I'm I'm eating at five thirty six o'clock for the most part at home with my kids. I don't know about you. Oh yeah, well I get off work at six, but usually we eat right after. Sometimes my uh, my son doesn't wait. Yeah, they they definitely eat later over there for sure. But they also uh, did you nap? Because man, uh, naps are are almost a prerequisite. Now you're on holiday, so maybe it's different. But like I'll tell you, that's the one reason I'd want to move there. I love napping. Like when I'm on holidays, I nap a lot. Naps are the greatest thing. I love them. So my entire career, I've more or less been a professional napper because when I traveled covering the flyers for the first seven years of my career, I did the normal player routine, like go to the rink in the morning, get lunch after take a nap, go to the rink at night for the game. That was my whole first seven years of my career. And sort of since then, not quite the same. I'm not able to, to take a nap nearly as much as I used to, but um, I love it and I miss it. Oh, buddy. Naps are so good. Like I find those first five minutes after you wake up, sometimes it's not great, but then later on, Oh, I got way more energy. It's awesome. So uh, that's my greatest part of holidays is I get to nap. I, I try to nap almost every day when I'm on holidays. Oh, the best. And and Bob McKenzie actually gave me this great spot since we were just talking about Italy, a little town in Tuscany, it's called Pienza. Um, 
it's on a it's perched on a hill. It's 500 years old, the town perfectly laid out, nice church, great restaurants. And there's this place that we stayed. He gave me the recommendation. It's called La Bandita Townhouse. If you get a chance to go there, spend two nights there. It's a 10 room boutique sort of hotel. And it, we had the best time there. You're able to go to all the different places in wine country, but the restaurant in the hotel is unbelievable. The hotel is amazing great people go there check it out all right um when you were over in italy did you see the uh, nazim kadri uh, and then the subsequent sean monahan trade as the uh, the calgary flames you know brad truly been uh, swinging big this summer is uh, no team has ever had that significant amount of change in one offseason that i can recall ever no team's ever lost 200 point guys in the same offseason then gain one and gain a stanley cup winner and, and a top four arguably top two defenseman in in Uyghur. and really the, the whole kind of young core of calgary that's been there and kachuk monahan and goudreau are now gone total change uh complete change of scenery my big question for the Calgary flames. And yes, of course I did see it. I was actually just wrapping up said cooking class and sitting there waiting for our food to come out. And, um, my wife's like, can you get off your phone? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, look, there's a signing, like there's a trade, like uh, stuff's happening. She's like, you need to put the phone down. Like this is not the time or the place you cannot be calling and texting people. So, um, yeah, certainly was paying attention. My big question to you, Jay is, the Calgary Flames, it's easy to see the motivation to get the quality of players like Kadri and to get Huberto signed for long term after having two really significant players essentially spurn the franchise. That was a big win. My question is, are the Flames better now than they were last year? It's a really good question. Um, I'm going to say yes. You think they are? I think they're different. But yeah, I, they're think, different. I think their defense is better. I think clearly Jacob Markstrom needs to be better when it matters most in the playoffs. But, you know, I don't, there's no drop off from Johnny Gaudreau to Jonathan Huberto. And, you know, when you look at Matthew Kachuk, that's the one guy that really you miss having there. But Kadri brings a bit of an edge too when he's able to play with control. Yeah, he brings an edge for sure. Um, you know, Kadri, now, so did Kachuk. They both had career years. Um, but, you know, Kadri, you know, is anybody expecting him to even score 80 points in Calgary? Probably not. Um, so I, I look at, at Calgary, and to me, you know, you, you had their top line all had 40 goals, which is amazing. And I, I, even if all three of them came back, I don't think they would repeat that. It's really hard to do to have three guys score 40 goals. So Calgary is going to be different. You mentioned their defense. Like they were third best in the NHL in goals against in the regular season. Um, their defense was extremely healthy. At, mm -hmm. at six guys playing 73 games. So to me, that's going to be, you know, Calgary might be better. Can they stay as healthy? Like just from a luck perspective, because it, it's staying that healthy is very rare, right? Like the average team has three and a half defensemen play 70 games, three and a half per team. Right. And uh, the flames had six last what a year. So that is, yeah. So if you look at it um, and that's based on last year and the last, the recent few full seasons, you know, so you look at, that is a Calgary. patented Jason Greger stat, by the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, most teams gotta, have three and a half defensemen play 70 games. Yeah. So, hey, I'm not, I can't look even up stuff like that. I, I can't even contest and say, like, we're like, what? 
Yeah, well, it's pretty easy. All you got to do is, you know, go to each season and then pick out how many players put in. I the, just took the, me a second to process it. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put in the 70 game mark and you, you can see it, right? It doesn't take a little bit of research, but um, so A, will Calgary be as healthy? Probably not. But the, the big question for them is, and, and it, to me, it's it's kind of reminiscent of, of the 80s because I look at Edmonton and Calgary are probably the two favorites on paper to start the season. Is Calgary good enough to beat Edmonton now? Has their defense, like, by bringing in Uyghur, will that help them? And Kadri maybe, because Kachuk, let's be honest, Kachuk was kind of invisible in games two to five of that series. It's only one series, right? Lots of guys have had a tough series and then been very good in the playoffs after that. So I think if you're the Calgary Flames and Brad Tree leaving, it looks and says, is our team good enough to beat Edmonton in the postseason? That's sort of what the battle of Alberta felt like at the end of last year. And I wonder how much of that rubbed off on the decision from Goudreau and Kachuk when they were making up their minds about what they wanted to do is look at this course, this roadmap that we need to, to get to the Stanley cup final or get to the, to where we want to get to, you got to run through Edmonton and it sort of feels exactly like you said, you know, mid to late eighties where it's like, You've got a fantastic team potentially in Calgary, but you've got a team in Edmonton with some generational talent that's standing in the way that, you know, has beaten you once and now, you know, feels like they're going to control you or dominate you for a while longer. You know, it's interesting because the teams are built so differently. Like Calgary's defense and goaltending is, I think, so much better than Edmonton. It's, it's really not close. Yeah. Uh, now I want to make one thing clear. I'm not comparing these orders to the eighties orders. I was just saying the no. way the makeup of the teams, I the, just want to clarify. I think the aura, the out. feel of the, of yeah. the, the rivalry, because yeah. the, we've also gone back to the way the playoffs are structured, that it's, it's actually important because you, it's all divisional play for the most part. Yeah. And you look at, you know, Vegas with their goaltending questions. A lot of people, at least to start the season, will have Calgary Edmonton one, two in, in any order. Right. Uh, whether it's Calgary one, Edmonton two, Edmonton one, Calgary two. And then you have Vegas, I think, at, at three. And, you know, the, the Los Angeles Kings, I think, are, are an interesting team. And, you know, you throw in the Vancouver Canucks to me. They're the biggest wild card in the division. I think on paper, they've got skill that they could be better than they were last year. But do they have guys who are going to finally play up to that level? Hmm. Until further notice, the Oilers are still number one, in my opinion. Yeah, which They've done it in the playoffs. It's crazy to say, Frank. The Oilers have it. How about this? Longest drought in the NHL of winning a division. The Edmonton Oilers, nineteen eighty-seven. Wow, that's another Jason Greger stat. There yeah, you go. so you're two for two. Yeah, the Islanders are second. In we're case only thirteen minutes in. Eastern fans are wondering. They're at nineteen eighty-eight. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, the the, the Cadre trade though. I look at Brad Treliving. Obviously, those not trade the signing. It's it's the last few years of the deal. Like any deal of guys over over thirty or heck over twenty eight or nine. You know, the last few years of the deal, you're you're going to be you know wringing your hands, hoping that there's still a player there. Well, it also may be someone else's problem. Oh, fair to say, yeah, you're the yeah. Brad Tree, how many you're GMs spot, were like there? Said, how many GMs were in a spot where they're you know two of their top players left the team and have had to go out and replace them and to do it in the fashion that they did and to get players to commit long-term to the franchise and the city. I think you have to, you know, do all that you can to try and get that type of commitment. And if it means going that type of distance, then so be it. Yeah, no, I understand why he did it right. Uh, you, you kind of worry about the near future, you, you have a little bit in the eye on the, on the long term, of course, but the, the reality is 
no one knows what's going to happen in five years. And if you look at, like you said, Frank, the Calgary Flames coming in for the end of last season till the start of this season, at worst, they're the same. Right. I don't think many that's, people. That's think, what I was going to say. Is that fair to say that they're at, at yeah, very, at they're the very different. worst, they're the same team? Yes. Yeah. Because to me, Uyghur, Huberdo. quality team, as you said, different team. Yeah. Uyghur, Huberdo, and Kadri in exchange for Gabranson, Gaudreau, and Kachuk. I don't include Monaghan because he was banged up all year and didn't really contribute. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, based on how he played last year and what they have this year. <laughs> I, I'll be very curious how Daryl Sutter runs his centers and what his line combinations and his top nine is going to be like, who's going to be the third center. And is it, is it, is it back? Is it backland? And, you know, backland plays a lot of tough minutes in, in Calgary. So I'll be curious to see how they, how they distribute the minutes amongst the three centers. Yeah, it will be interesting. Speaking of centers, the Paul Stasny signing, that is a major two or three thumbs up for the Carolina hurricanes at that type of number one and a half million bucks for a guy that, Pencil him in 45, 48 points every year. Oh, he's a solid player, right? You, you look at Carolina, Frank, of teams that that had a pretty good offseason. Like, I, I'm still a huge fan of Brent Burns. I, I think Brent Burns, people maybe they look at San Jose and they see some. I watch a lot of Sharks games. Brent Burns can still be a difference maker on your team. Mm-hmm. And he adds a dimension that they just don't have on their back end. Agreed. And they've really been missing difference makers, right? Like Jacob Slavin is a difference maker, but you know, you're looking for those guys that can stand out and and just give you a little bit of something. And to add the guys that they did burns Andre Kasha up front, like Kasha, I think is going to be a great fit. Um, And I think everyone was curious, Kotkaniemi signing that big deal, you know, 4.82 million. Can he be your number two center and step into that role right away? I think Stastny gives them the perfect, sort of insurance policy, you know, if he's your three C great, that's ideal. And, you know, meaning Stasny. And if he needs to play two C that's fine too. Yeah, no, it's, that's a smart move by them. It's cost effective. Uh, you know what? The one uh, that Carolina's hurts is be- Pacioretty in the injury, man. That's a, yeah, well, one. that's brutal. Yeah. That's uh brutal news for him. No question about it. Um, and speaking of uh, you, you touched on Vegas briefly, not to gloss over it, but, wouldn't you love to inject some truth serum into the Vegas Golden Knights front office and figure out exactly what they knew about Robin Leonard's injury and when? Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, like, that- think about it because the timing of when they announced it, and I'd be curious to know, you know, again, what they knew and when they weren't able to do anything. No. And, and I- all the guys, you know, the game of goaltending musical chairs, all the chairs were taken by the time you know, they got to this point in the summer to really find a difference maker, I think, uh, unless there's someone out there lurking via trade. And the Sharks, by the way, do have three goalies. I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't make a move. Um, but that's a big bet. On Logan gambling. Thompson to start I hate the, the gambling season. pond. I like Logan Thompson, but you, you have a team that's supposed to be a Pacific Division contender and to be, you know, speaking of health, to get back to being healthy, and you're starting off the year, you know, likely knowing that Robin Leonard might not play. Well, he's not going to play all season. And at least that was the road. That's what they came out and said. And then, you know, so they have Hutchinson to start. Uh, Lauren Brassois. Uh, Will he Kevin ever play Woodley. again for, for Vegas? Pardon? Will Robin Leonard ever play again for Vegas? It was so awkward the way that last year ended. I kind of wondered how would they even put the genie back in the bottle to have him come back and play? 
Hmm. Not even to mention the injury. Maybe they'll trade him next season for nothing, Frank, just like they did with uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. That one didn't really work out great for them. Well, like I said, huge bet on Logan Thompson. Uh, Jeez. That is a tough start to the year. We are a week away from September, Frank, and uh, training camps, of course, and then the uh, the NHL season. Uh, You know, there's still some veteran uh, UFAs. I think there's some good bargains to be had on the UFA market, but I do want to talk about the one team because, like, I know that um, the Islanders obviously had made a strong pitch for Nazem Kadri. Ultimately, they didn't land him. There were people, uh, when we were on the pod, multiple NHL people told me they felt that he was going to the Islanders, and then obviously uh, Calgary swooped in and landed him. Basically, the Islanders, they haven't really done anything. Uh, this offseason, right? They, they just re-signed, you know, Dobson, of course. And now they did trade for Romanoff, of course, and, and they signed him to the contract. But what do you make of the uh, of the summer for Lou? Did did he basically strike out on all the, the all the, uh, the the hits he was trying to get? Well, they also didn't have any cap space. So that's really what they were dealing with was a lack of available funds. Like they could have potentially traded someone like an Anthony mm-hmm. Beauvillier um, which I always wonder, does, does a move like that end up working out? Um, you know, there, there's other guys that they could have ended up trying to, to move, but in this case, I, I think you could just as, as much of a debate as we just had about is Calgary better or not, you could have an equally fascinating debate about which metropolitan team either had the most more disappointing off season, meaning the flyers or the Islanders or also for teams that did not have much success last year and were two non playoff teams. They both seem to be pretty confident in the pieces that they have that can get them back into the playoffs. The flyers were obviously 23 points back of New York who finished quite strong in the second half of the season after their schedule sort of normalized out after COVID and that crazy road trip to start. But New York, at least I can understand making the argument for a team that had gone to the Eastern Conference final a bunch of years with that same core. The Flyers made next to no changes and have a team that had 61 points. They're hoping for a big bounce back in the health department and more, but and also the John Tortorella bump. But which one is more perplexing to you, Islanders or Flyers? That's a good question. Um, you're right about the Islanders. You know, they they were one of the more disappointing teams last year. But but I do think that, the, you know, COVID and, and how it ravaged their team. And then they had the condensed schedule. They had so many games a short period of time that, you know, that that's a factor. It's I don't I don't think it would have been enough of a factor to to negate the 16 points they had to make up. Right. You know, we're talking eight more wins. That's a significant amount. So I don't, I, I don't think it, it was that significant. But, you know, the Flyers, they were 39 points out of a playoff spot last year. They're not even close. Now, last year was one of the biggest gaps we've ever seen for playoff and non-playoff teams in the last 20 years in the National Hockey League. So maybe it was just a, a bit of a of an oddity somewhat. But if you actually go back, Frank, even the, you know, and I know that the COVID season, you know, they were in different divisions. But if you look at those teams, the gap had already started there. So I'm curious to see if teams can close that gap this coming season. And Philly's the one team that I don't think can like, I know that they believe that that health on their back end and in Ryan Ellis will, 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 you know, will help them for sure. But you know, Sean Couturier, if those two are healthy, then yeah. Okay. Maybe they're better, but they need more consistent goaltending and, you know, can, can the Tortorella effect 
really impact the Flyers. That's that's a pretty big ass. Like a coach, you're only, a coach is only as good as his players. You can maybe take a B minus player and make him a B. I totally get that, but you can't take a bunch of B minuses and make them A minuses. That's not going to happen. So, do they have enough talent in Phillies? The question. I don't think they do. I'll be real curious to see what Ryan Ellis's status is to start the year. I I haven't gotten a lot of optimism surrounding him, but okay. I know that he's been working hard to try and get there. Um, geez. The one thing comparing these two teams though, the Islanders are, are they're old. Yes. Their they average age is 29.97 years old. By far the oldest team in the league. The Flyers are almost four years younger. Yeah, and it comes, it comes on their back end because the, their forward group of, of key guys like Hayes and Van Riemsdyk and Atkinson, you know, those guys are all in their thirties, right? Um, you know, like they're, they're young forwards, obviously, you know, Joel Farabee, they expect to be a, you know, big time guy, uh, for them and connect what 25, I, I think he is. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, ne- neither team, like, I, I just don't know in, in the day where offense seems to reign right now in the NHL, Frank. I'm not sure either team has the horses to run in a more offensive oriented NHL. Fascinating bets. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know, man. Like I will say this. I think, I think Tony D'Angelo will help uh, the the flyers generate a lot more offense. I, I do like that move by them for sure. Agreed. I'm curious to see how Sean Couturier bounces back. Uh, Kevin Hayes, not only, you know, physically, also mentally as well. Yeah. Um, a lot to a lot to improve just for the entire group. It's I can't wait for the season to start actually, and uh, I, I'm curious about the uh, the free agents that are left. Frank, you've got, you know, you've you've got guys like you know Phil. You need Kessel. a Sonny Milano signing. Did he sign? No, I'm just oh. saying we need one. Oh like, yeah, uh, Sonny Milano. He's a guy that's like, why, why why did someone not sign him so far? Hmm. Well, you know what? It, it's funny, Frank. I've always felt if I was an NHL GM, I would say $4 million in cap space and have it. And in August, I think you can get bargain deals. I would say easy to say, hard to do. I understand Fair? it. But when you look at the history of the last few years, don't get sucked into the overpayment of free agency. Play a patient game. And it's I like think Tyler you, you, keeping his bankroll clean at a casino. Like there's yeah. no chance that that happens for more than that's unneeded. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think a little bit different because at the casino, there's no guarantee you're going to get deals. Frank, it's In, like handing a guy 82 singles at a strip club and saying, you know what? You need to keep four of these clean for something to happen later. No, in no, that no. May or may not may or may not develop. That's no, the but thing. the difference is I'm not now. Grant, I haven't been to a strip club in a long time, but I, I'm, I'm assuming you don't get a deal. It's not like you're, the bill you have at the start of the night doesn't get you more at the end of the night. That's the whole purpose of keeping your, your money in your pocket for NHL free agency because you can now spend a million dollars or a million and a half and get a decent quality player that other teams signed for three million a month and a half ago. So who would be your guy right now? Well, there's a few. I look at, um, I think Phil Kessel for a million bucks. Are you kidding me? Or a million he'll and a half? Someone, he'll, he'll sign someone. Right? That, that's a bargain. You mentioned uh, uh, Sonny Milano. Um, I, I look, there's, uh, um, what's, I actually think P.K. Subban in a million dollars. I think Calvin DeHaan, that's the other guy's name. Calvin DeHaan 
is is a defenseman i think you're going to get that uh, uh whoever signs him and i assume someone's going to sign him unless he's banged up that uh you know what you're, you're going to get some solid play out of him fair i just i think that money is better served being devoted to your star players now oh now okay your star player but what about like your your real your real talent on your team. That's where I'd be parking that 4 million bucks and I'd be chiseling everywhere else I could for every team that has a third line winger making three and a half million bucks. And there are a ton of them. That's where you need to, to save your money now. And uh, what about now? Is it Rodrigue? Is that it's the problem? Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yes. Rodriguez. We, we were getting chirped on for 40. Media. Yeah. For, I, think I, I don't said, know why I listened to you. Cause you said Rodriguez and I was like, okay, like maybe I'll just go along with it. But did I, I, I uh, Rodriguez. it was Rodriguez. So 19 goals and 43 points, Frank, he's still a UFA. I, and, and I made the comparison to Pat Maroon a few summers ago, Oof, obviously different styles one. of player, but there's a guy that you're going to get him for. He might have no choice now to sign for a million or a million and a half. And a lot of people thought he'd get three million, three and a half million to start the summer. He fired his agent uh, six hours before free agency opened. That was a story that was lost in the shuffle. Evan Rodriguez fired his longtime agent, Peter Fish, and hired Nazem Kadri's agent, Darren Ferris. And they both ended up sitting for a while on the market. And I, I was told at the time that there were teams that were willing to put up somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 million bucks on a multi-year deal for Rodriguez that just did like not three-year deal. Yeah. All right. That just well, didn't, uh, he ended up firing his agent and they went in a different direction. Well, Kadri got his money, right? So patience paid off for did him. Did he get as much as we thought he would though? Well, see, I'm I thought he was. That's the agent's fault, by the way, just for, for the record. No. Um, I thought is, the numbers, honestly, Frank, I thought is. that was pretty fair. I, I thought the fact that he would get seven years at his age and seven mil, that's a really good deal for him. Like he, he had a massive career year of 87 points. He'd, he'd only ever had 61 as a career high before, right? Like that's a monumental jump at 32 years of age. So I, I think for him to get set, I, he has to be doing cartwheels to get $49 million at his age. I mean, I want to be 185 pounds too, but I, I think they were initially thinking that they would get somewhere in the neighborhood of seven times 8 million. Yeah. I thought that was, I, I think that was, you aim for the, for this guy, for sure. Frank, it's like when you list your house, everybody lists their house for more than they, uh, you know, this is what I hope to get and whatever, but ultimately you end up uh, your house only worth what someone's willing to pay. And, you know, it sounds like there was a few teams that were willing to go the 7 million on Kadri and uh, he ended up going to Calgary, but I like to have it materialize five weeks after the deadline is what's really rare and special at that yes. type of money and term. Very, very rare. hundred percent. When something but, like 95 or 97% of the total salary cap around the league has already been spent, whatever the number is. Yeah. Well, I will say that I still think you watch Frank in the next three weeks, there's either going to be guys getting bargain deals and teams getting, not the players teams getting bargain deals. And then there's going to be, I think a, a lengthy list of PTOs across the NHL. Oh, so we're, we're knocking on the door of PTO season S Z N. Yeah. And actually Frank, it's usually we have a lot of announcements this late in August already. I, I think the fact there's so many unsigned UFA still, they haven't, they're, they're not going to sign a PTO until September because they're still hoping they can get a contract. Obviously you don't want to go on a PTO. Yeah. Where's Phil Kessel going? How many games away is he from the Ironman streak? 
eight or 18 or so, it's some yeah, low it's number. within 20. I thought it was, yeah. it was under 20 for sure. So, um, eight was the number of goals that he had last year. I know that. Yeah. But that's also, if you, but he had 52 points. And if yeah. you look at his career, um, it was his career worst lowest shooting percentage. Odds will tell me that, you know, Phil's not going to score you 25 goals. I don't think anymore, but he, he is still a, a productive player. I'm curious about, um, you know, like now I know the condensed schedules, but you know, if Phil goes to a team, that's a veteran laden team and he wants a lot of time off, are they okay with that? Right. Cause some guys don't practice much anymore. And he was a guy who didn't practice very often. So I wonder if that plays a factor at all. Maybe I'm told he's, he's actually put in a ton of work this summer to try and get to where he wants to go. Oh, I've always, I've been a huge fan of Phil. Phil Kessel might be one of the most underappreciated offensive players in the last three decades in the NHL. That's fair. Right. Like uh, he's, he's been really good for a long time. Like he was, for a decade, you're a top 10 scorer offensively. And he, and that was those years in Toronto where he was the main guy and he didn't have a lot of, cause there's yeah, a lot of tandems across the league. Right. He never had any other big time producer to score points with. And he still did. It's like Patrick Kane, you know, he didn't play a ton with Alex to at. Right. But he's still like Patrick Kane to me is there's another guy, Frank, if you're Patrick Kane, are you playing in Chicago or are you going to ask for a trade? Okay, so I, I mentioned this um, on free agent day, July 13th, and my reporting hasn't changed since then. I think there have been a number of teams that have reached out um, to the Blackhawks specifically to ask the question, um, saying, you know, what's going on here? Is he, is he open to a move? He does have the full no move, no trade, so he controls what happens. And my intelligence at the time. And it remains this, that he's not interested in a trade before the season starts, that mm. if he is going somewhere that he would like to go at the, at the deadline, if he decides or sometime around then. So probably, you know, sometime into 2023, obviously that can change, but I'm told the teams that had, you know, at least preliminarily discussed or, or talked about the idea either internally, externally, what have you, the New York Rangers, the Edmonton Oilers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm sure a team like, I don't know, pick a team, the Vegas Golden Knights, someone that's always in the mix um, has, you know, expressed some kind of interest. Uh, I wonder about a team like the Los Angeles Kings. Like there's many teams that could fit uh, not salary cap wise, but, you know, a star like Patrick Kane in the mix. And actually, Frank, I crunched all the numbers for Kane. And because he's already had a signing bonus, he's only owed 2.9 million in actual dollars during the season. So if, if Chicago is going to trade him and they retain 50%, if you get a third team involved, right? Like in Arizona, you know, or heck Carolina, Florida did it last year, right? Um, you know, you retain to get picks to do it for Patrick Kane. Let's say it's Arizona. You would only have to be paying him seven hundred thousand dollars in actual money. Yeah, right? but and, it, with a star like Patrick Kane, who's still very much in his prime, like you're not concerned about the salary being paid. You'd be willing if it was fourteen million dollars this year. You would bend over backwards in order to make it happen. You'd be doing cartwheels to make it happen. It's the cap hit, and that obviously yeah, goes but that along cap hits two point six five. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's very manageable if you use a third party broker to fit in on any team. And that's right now. Yeah. Before the the third party broker day goes along in a 186 day schedule. 
it's one less day that he needs to be paid on your cap. So, you know, you, oh, at the end, you're, you're probably talking about like, I don't know, an 800 or $900,000 cap hit, something like that. Well, if, if it was full season, it, it's a, uh, it's 300, it's 700,000 in actual dollars. And the reason I, I use that Frank is because teams, when you're the third party broker, you're paying not so much for the cap hit, but the actual dollars you're going to pay for the player who's not going to pay for you. And if you look at the average one based on previous years, th- that three or $700,000 just to be the third party team to take, cause the cap hits irrelevant for your team. Cause you're not close to the cap is about a third round pick. Yeah. So it's it wouldn't be that hard to facilitate for these other teams if they want to get a third party involved. It'd be very easy. That that's not the hang up. It's yeah. all about Patrick Kane choosing essentially your team and the fit. But I know those teams that I mentioned have been working through the process to try and at least conjure up what it may look like, what it may take, even though the Blackhawks, you know, haven't really engaged with anyone to my knowledge. From a pure excitement standpoint. You put Kane with dry subtle McDavid. That's the three top scores the last four years in the national hockey league. That'd be sick. But the problem is Edmonton needs probably Edmonton would, uh, they probably need to focus on their defense first, but it, uh, from an entertainment standpoint that, but Hey, you put, you put Kane in with uh, Matthews and Marner, right? You mentioned uh, Toronto, obviously, uh, you know, you put him with Panarin again, those two were lights out in Chicago before. So, you know, any team where, where Kane goes, he's, he's going to pick, he's going to have some elite guys to play with of the teams that have interest in him. And that's, you know, Kane's still one of the most dynamic players in the national hockey. League. There's no question about it. He, and he's a proven, proven, that guy shows up in the postseason. He's been proven oh. time and time again. I day two of the draft this year in Montreal, I, there was a lot of talk behind the scenes quietly about the New York Rangers and the Chicago Blackhawks talking about Patrick Kane. I, I, I don't think it ever really got very far given that Kane controls it and, and wasn't ready, but make no mistake. The Rangers were one of those teams that were like, can we get Oof. Panarin and Kane back together when with that yeah. team that they have, like they're already a legitimate cup contender from the, from jump street, you add a Patrick Kane in there and in that type of market. Oof. Well, and you know what? Their young kids had a little bit of a popping in the, in the postseason. man. You look for uh, Lafrenia. I, I think there's two young guys that will th- all three of them in, uh, in New York this year are prime for breakout seasons offensively from what they've done in the past. And you know what? Uh, they're a team to watch for without question. Right. Yeah, and they got, no the, they got, arguably, you know, top three goalie in the league. So yeah, the Rangers, uh, the Rangers, when we get to a uh, um, prediction season, Frank, they're going to be near the top of my list in the East. Agreed. They're going to be the near the top of my list in the whole league. Yeah, for sure. Let's bring in uh, Tyler Remchuk. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ty, how you doing? Aha, nice. Finally, I'm here. I'm doing great. I'm excited to bring you guys another edition of uh, Fill in the Blank. Uh, let's jump into this. You, you got, I hate when you guys talk about things I want to ask you. I have a cane question, but we'll get to that in a second. I want to start with the first topic that you guys uh, hit on, and that's the Calgary Flames. Jacob Markstrom today, when talking with Elliot Friedman in Paris, said that he believes they're a better team. So I'll ask you, they had 111 points last year. The Calgary Flames will finish the season with blank points. Frank? 103, 105, somewhere in that range. Okay. Yeah, like what do you, you expect him to say? Actually, I think we're worse. Like no one's oh, ever well. going to come out and say <laughs> that. Um, uh, based on all, all the injuries and everything else, they're not going to have one line uh, score over 120 goals. So mm-hmm. I say the, uh, the Flames finish with uh, 102. See that, and that's, you made the really good point, Jay, because the other part of it too is like there was no guarantee that Johnny Gaudreau scores 115 mm-hmm. points again. And that was one thing that they probably would have had to consider when re-signing him is, is, you know, can Kadri go out and do that again? Can Huberto go out and do that again? Well, can Johnny and Gaudreau. Chuck and Gaudreau do it? Yeah. It's fair. My take on them is I don't think they will be as good of a regular season team, but that team's now built to be a much better playoff team. When you look at how good their decor is and down the middle, like Lindholm, Kadri, Backlund, what team has three better, like defensive kind of centers than that on their, on their team. Fair. Yeah. Do they have enough offense though in the playoffs? Yeah. yeah. And that, and that's fair as well. Uh, second one I got. Their issue you. wasn't offense in the playoffs. It was keeping the puck out of the net. Well, but was that not a bit of an anomaly with Markstrom just falling apart come playoff time or I don't know, maybe it's a trend. I don't know. Yeah. To like got, got the doors blown off by Mike Smith. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, second one, Patrick Kane, you guys mentioned a whole bunch of teams that could be interested, might be interested, whatever. I want to ask you point blank, the team that should be gunning the hardest for Patrick Kane heading up to next year's deadline, which I know is a long ways away, but that team is blank. Jason. Oh man. Um, I might say Toronto. I think they need, they need somebody with swagger in the room who knows how to win and who has one. I like that. Yeah, I was going to say Toronto. To change it up, I'll go with the Rangers for a lot of the reasons we just talked about. But Toronto, I, I have a hard time. I don't know what it would look like on paper to to bring in another $10 million player. Obviously, you could trade someone. But I feel like for a long-term fit, and I know Toronto's obviously really close to where he grew up in Buffalo, I, I could just see him playing in New York for a long time which I think would, you know, easily justify the, you know, the move to go get him. I agree with you because I think ultimately he'll play long-term in the, in the U S but I wonder if he says, you know what, at a trade deadline, I might want to say I experienced the Canadian life for a few months. That might be the best way to try it. Maybe. Well then go uh, do it with uh, 97 and 29. 
the first thing that came to my mind as well actually was Toronto. I just think this is such a big year for them where you can't take any risks. So adding a proven winner makes sense. What about a team like we talked about in a little bit, the Carolina Hurricanes? If they get to the deadline and wow. go, eh, we want to add a little bit more scoring punch. It'd be a great him and Aho on a line. Forget about well, it. That's the one thing I feel. Carolina has a lot of really, really, really good players up front, but they do not have like a difference maker. Kane would give them that difference maker. So that, that's valid. There. I just he don't is, see him signing up to go there. No, no, it's, it might be That's right. The only but. thing is I just, I, you know, he's made a career playing in an enormous market in Chicago. He, he basically him and Jonathan Taves made it a market again. And yeah. now to go to Carolina, I just don't see it. Fair enough. And a great team. Just, I don't, I just don't see him signing up to go there. You guys were talking about free agents earlier in the show and who's still kind of left kicking around. So again, you threw out a ton of names. I'll ask you point blank for one the free agent with the potential to be the most impactful the out of the remaining free agents, the one who has the potential to be the most impactful is blank. Frank. Probably Phil Kessel. Cause he did score 50 points on a bad team. Hmm. And you, Jason's right. His shooting percentage isn't likely to be that low again. And he'll probably be rejuvenated somewhere else and be, I think that was the hardest part for Phil Kessel is to be mentally engaged on a really bad team with little to play for, for a guy that really wants to win. I think that made the last couple of seasons really challenging and to, to get some fresh, you know, fresh blood going somewhere else, I think would help. Yeah, it's hard to argue with uh, Phil the Thrill. He's definitely the most talented of everyone. So I'm, I'm going to go with a massive wild card and say uh, P.K. Subban because defensemen play a lot of minutes and a team will get, have an injury and, and he'll end up playing more minutes and um, has, has worked on a lot of the uh, skill attributes this offseason. So I, I think he'll be a surprise and he'll be a bargain. Fair enough. I'm going to go ahead and say Sonny Milano, actually. 14 goals in 66 games. I think that's a guy 26 years old. If, if you gave him, I think... Someone should give him the Michael Bunting treatment. I'd give him a two-year deal right now at a low cap head and say, hey, if he clicks with my top six, that's a guy who I'm getting this year to be productive. And next year, we're laughing. It's a huge bargain. I, I'm really intrigued to see where Milano ends up. Yeah, he's... Uh... It's interesting with the news uh, in, in uh, Friedman and Merrick's interview with uh, Bill Daly, they think that the uh, cap might be going up uh, one year earlier hmm. than expected. I'll be uh, curious if uh, a, if it comes to fruition and B uh, how, how that will change the dynamics uh, of the national hockey league. I know it's still, uh, you know, we're talking after, well, still two more seasons, but hmm. um, if it, uh, th that to me will be interesting. If teams really feel that, I think they'll start planning ahead on where they're going to spend their money even earlier, Frank. Yeah, we're talking potentially like a 10 to $15 million bump somewhere in that range in terms of the cap. Jeez, wow. man, imagine being a free agent that summer. <laughs> yeah, I think if you watch, I think some players have timed out their deals perfectly to coincide with that. Yeah, wow. Because for right now, it's, it's actually a pretty decent time to be under contract given that the escrow is capped. Mm -hmm. And so these next few years as much as there hasn't been the same large amount of money available in the pool to spend, you're also getting more of what you signed for. Fair enough. Uh, let's wrap this thing up with our hashtag get Montana's messy bonus question of the week. I was at Montana's again today for lunch. And what we do is myself, Jay bagged milk and uh, a nation listener, Bradley, who joined us for lunch. And we just ordered four racks of ribs with all four of the sauces. 
family style it up. So there's a little bit of motivation or an idea for anyone looking to try out Montana's and their all you can eat rib fest, which is on now till September 12th. The Arizona Coyotes announced that their arena is going to be called the mullet arena. And obviously this has nothing to do with the hairstyle, but it's a tremendous arena name. And it got me thinking about how they really don't make arena names or stadium names like they used to. Everything's just kind of corporate now. I think I was thinking about this at the Coliseum in Rome, like two days ago. Yeah. So like candlestick park in San Francisco is always the one that jumps out to me. Yeah. So my question to you guys is what is the all time best stadium or arena sporting venue name all time? Go back to before they were corporate, Frank. It's hard to argue with the spectrum, Madison square garden, the forum, the garden. And these were all, I, I would say being a Philly, Philly kid, I'm going to say the spectrum. Uh, that's a good question. Now, are we talking only hockey? No, anything you want. Oh, go across. Um, Lambeau field is a good one. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I've always liked Fenway. Yeah. So I'll go with Fenway park. That's a classic one. If Wrigley field is corporate. It is. And see, so that one jumped into my head too. But when I think Wrigley, I don't think of like the corporate company or the gum or whatever. I just think of the ballpark. So it's interesting how that goes that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think of the Ivy. That's what you think of. Yeah. hundred percent. Frank, I'm going you're going there tomorrow. On. Yeah. You're going to be there tomorrow. I'm incredibly jealous. You've been doing like this wild baseball tour this summer and I just, I'm envious. Yeah. I live so close to so many parks that my son and I, he, like I said, he's eight. We're checking off a bunch on our list. So we did Baltimore, Philly, Yankees. We'll get to Fenway at some point, but he, we did Coors Field earlier this year during the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup final. And then we're going to hit uh, three days in a row. We're going Wrigley, uh, Milwaukee, and then back to Chicago for guaranteed rate field and the White Sox. Also a really bad stadium name. Guaranteed yeah. rate field. Ugh. What does this even mean? Brutal. And uh, actually, before I dip out, Gregor, I wanted to cry- congratulate you on breaking uh, some big news this week that Noah Gregor got a one-year extension. Friend of the podcast, Noah Gregor, got a one-year contract yes. extension. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, good for him. He was as excited. I, I told him to go and celebrate for dinner, and he actually <laughs> did. So I took his brother out for uh, for celebratory dinner. He got to celebrate the uh, the signing. You knew it wasn't coming, but uh, to get it done. And you know what? Uh, he'll have an opportunity to... Uh, you got to impress a new coach now. So uh, we'll see how it goes in, uh, in San NGM. Jose this year. But NGM. I... Uh, uh, I Obviously, I'm a little biased, but uh, I watched his last 25 games. I've talked to him. Uh, I'm expecting him to uh, have a, a, a pretty big jump in his offensive numbers this year. I can tell you, and I don't know that I've talked to you about this off air, but a number of teams noticed the season that he had this year, noticed his speed, and felt like with all the chances and opportunities that he got, the fact that his shooting percentage was so low that he's really going to bounce back with an enormous year this year. Yeah. Well, hey. I hope so. He's, uh, he's got our brights next year, so good for him. <laughs> All right. Shout out to DoorDash. Shout out to Montana's. And that's going to be a wrap on this week's edition of Fill in the Blank. All right. Well, Frank, have fun at uh, at Wrigley. I love that ball diamond, man. Oof. I got the, I did the whole tour when I went there. It's fantastic. The history in it. And, and, you know, it's not... The thing I liked about it is sometimes I find, like, the new stadiums, they're almost 
too nice really where it's like too comfortable i liked wrigley like obviously they'd redone the 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 room and everything but they only have limited space right you can only do so much there Mm -hmm. um i loved just how close everything was it just reminded me of of other stadiums like the old you know uh, maple leaf gardens and you know where the uh right at the end of the rink the seats used to be like right above the glass it was it was crazy but you were so much close to the action and if there's one negative about the big glitz and glamour and oh we need you know i'm going there to for the experience i'm like yeah but it's taken away from our actual viewing experience so i love that wrigley everything's still compact and you're closer to the action so i i haven't been there in about a decade i would say and i know that they made a lot of enhancements i, I think they finally put in a video board yeah, like I, I love that they didn't have one. So now I'm going to be curious to see what it's like now seeing it because it was so awesome. Like you had to focus on the game because yeah. there was well, nothing which else perfect. to watch. That's yes. the way it should be. 100%. The old the old scoreboard was amazing. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Hand operated? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> love it, man. Old school for the longest time. It was fantastic. So have a great trip, Frank, and uh, we will uh, chat with you next week. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.